find Ecclesiastes and uh, chapter number 12 and knew what the Lord wanted me to preach on Thursday and then heard them sing that. I thought, what a great song for them to sing before the message here the Lord laid on our heart. But uh, Ecclesiastes chapter number 12, we're just going to read verse number 1. Then we'll have a word of prayer and look at the message this morning. But Ecclesiastes 12 and verse number 1, the Bible says this. It says, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. Father, Lord, I love you. I just pray that, Lord, you'd speak to our hearts this morning as only you can. I thank you, Father, for your love, and thank you for the scriptures. And I pray that you just speak to us now, and may you just put a hedge about this place, and Lord, any decision that may need to be made, that today would be the day of that decision. If someone's here lost, let them be saved today. God, I just uh, pray that you'd help all of us, Lord, to be very sensitive to what you have for us today. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Being young, I was walking in today, the middle building for our Sunday school class and my wife was in front of me and I was walking and Miss Ashley was walking in and Brother Matt was walking in and you should have heard the sound effects we were making uh, walking up the three steps holding the door open uh, I don't know who said something but somebody said something like boy we're getting old uh, but uh, we started making all these you know oh those steps are killer on Sunday mornings and uh, and uh, but uh, you know you uh, remember, and, and, and I hear all the time, you know, well, you're, you're young, and, and, I, and I get it, um, it's all perspective, right? Uh, but remember when we all were really young? Boy, I tell you, and I mean really young, like no bills, no jobs, no responsibilities, you know, the ones we did have, you know, they were, like, we thought it was such a, you know, terrible thing. I had to take out the trash every day. Oh, Life was so miserable. My parents were so mean, uh, you know. And uh, but you know, remember those days? Those were great days. And and aren't you excited too? We were talking about at men's prayer last night. All the uh, uh, babies that God's blessing the church with, and uh, all kinds of new life. That's exciting. And uh, Devin and Kathleen, if you weren't here Thursday, baby Adeline was born this week and healthy and doing well. Thank the Lord for that. Uh, of course, the Elams who aren't feeling well too this, this morning, but baby Selah, uh, praise the Lord. In the next few months, we got more babies that are coming. That's exciting. That's a thrill. And uh, and, um, and my grandma, uh, I'm so thankful she was able to do the devotion at uh, uh, Grace's baby shower yesterday. And uh, my wife recorded it. And I got to listen to that. And um, you know, and and she is right at this. And uh, we're very blessed to have the church that we have to raise our kids at. And uh, to uh, just, uh, again, all the, the tools that are here to help us as parents in raising our children. Um, the Bible says here to remember our Creator in the days of our youth. Um, because there's coming a day, that's what the verse says, right? Uh, while the evil days come not. Life gets hard the older you get. And uh, we face trials, hurts. Um, you know, when you're young... You miss all these things, and you know I I don't I know a little bit of some of the hurts my parents dealt with while I was growing up, but I'm sure I do not know the majority of them. 
and it's just things adults have to deal with and um, you know life and hurts and bodies breaking down and getting a little bit slower and it takes a little bit more effort to get up those three steps into the middle building and uh, but the evil days uh, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say I have no pleasure in them and um, you know there was a you know one of our shut-ins at one time I went to go visit the shut-in and the shut-in looked at me and I said what are you doing and the shut-in said waiting to die I was like come on all right we can't do that all right and uh tried to encourage him a little bit uh but when you're young you got your strength and your opportunities and you feel like it's limitless possibilities but according to this text that we just read there's coming a day when we slow down there's coming a day when you know we have to deal with a lot of issues and that's why it's important and what solomon's saying here is that what a blessing it is that people get saved in their youth um in uh, you know they they learn that because again the older we get the more we got to deal with life issues uh, went this past week and saw the surgeon about the surgery and they, uh, we we planned a surgery we'll see what the Lord does there but uh, we planned it and uh, said how long would the recovery time be and uh, they said uh, said well said uh, you know at your age I was like I was like what <laughs> at your age uh, you know and I was what's that mean uh you know and uh it's a little bit longer than some people told me it took so when they were younger and had that surgery uh but uh but uh you know i remember brother slee when he just had his recent neck surgery um it really he was expecting to be back in the pulpit the next sunday and it was like three weeks till he got back and one of the first things he went to was uh the arlington heights senior citizens meeting and um he was sitting there with all the senior citizens there in arlington heights and and uh, they said, it's good to see you out. And Brother Slee said, well, it's good to be here. He said, I'm telling you, he said, this surgery has taken a lot longer for me to heal than I thought it would. And one of the ladies looked at him and said, well, look where you're sitting. <laughs> Brother Slee was like, what? Uh, you know, and, uh, but, uh, you know, it happens. It's life, all right? And, uh, and the fact is this, all right, we need to serve God now because none of us are getting younger. Serve God now. That's really the voice of this verse is the message of this verse is serve god now because we're not getting younger we need you know there's a there's this feeling sometimes with young people and young adults and young married like well i want to do this 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 and this and then you know when i retire I'll, I'll get involved in some ministries and stuff and i'm just telling you that normally doesn't happen serve god now so i want to build this you know, large retirement bank account. I want you to be successful too. Great. But you can spend your whole life getting temporal things and end up looking back when you're older and you don't want to stand before God having wasted your time on this earth. Because God is not going to be impressed with our cars and our bank accounts and our IRAs when we stand before him one day. But the one thing that is going to matter is what we did for the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says this in this passage. It says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. And so I thought about it because I was studying also for our um, Sunday night message uh, for Timothy, uh, as Paul writes to Timothy. And we're not going to get this far tonight, I don't believe. But Paul tells Timothy, let no man despise thy what? Youth. youth. He's a young man. So then it made me think about this verse, and then I thought about some things. And and, uh, and I went and looked at a few scriptures. And I just want you to see three scriptures with me this morning and some thought about remembering our Creator in the days of our youth. Turn over to Matthew chapter number 19 real quick. 
Matthew chapter number 19, first book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter number 19. And look with me in verse number 16. Matthew 19, verse number 16. Matthew 19, verse number 16 says this, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? He said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, Which? Jesus saith, Thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 20 says this, The young man, this is your young man, The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus say, said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. The first young man we come across here and we study here in the New Testament is this young man. And I put next to his name and here in Matthew chapter 19, this young man had riches. He had money. Um, so what the Bible says, he had, what does it say, great possessions? Or, uh, you know, uh, he had great possessions. He had, he had a lot that the world had to offer. And, and while I, you said there, right, well, this message is not for me. I'm not a young man, right? Well, actually, the message is for all of us because we are, again, you say, well, I'm not young. You're younger today than you will be tomorrow. That's what Ecclesiastes 12 is saying, right? Use your time now. I don't care whether you've been doing it from your youth up or whether, you know, you need to start today. Use your life for the Lord. This young man, he got blinded by riches. Riches, this young man, by what we read, he was living a good life, humanly speaking. He had money. One would suggest by reading it, he pretty much could do what he wanted to. I wrote down the words next to this guy in my notes. He was lived a comfortable life. He, uh, he had a good life. Uh, by reading it, probably had a decent place to live in. He probably in 2023 vernacular, right? He had cable, air condition. I know he didn't back then, but you get what I'm saying. He had what he wanted. He was very comfortable. Probably had nice clothes. He was very comfortable. And he was commendable. Apparently, he was a decent guy. Because when he told the Lord, well, I've done all these things from my youth, all these commandments about honoring your parents and not stealing, and all these, he said, I, I've done this. And I, I really think he was a decent guy. Because the, the Lord wouldn't look at him. He's like, you know, because the Lord knows all of our issues. And no doubt the guy had stolen something. I mean, every kid does. You know. The other day I walked into class and Hope was passing out little breath mints that were on my desk in my office. I was like, where'd you get those? She's like, uh, they were on your desk. I was like, yeah, my desk, right? Yeah, you stole my mints. Uh, but, um, but, you know, it, it, this guy was commendable. He was living comfortably. And he was, I, I wrote down he was kind of courageous. See, what, how's that? He walked right up to the Lord. As a young man, 
that'd be a little intimidating. And ask him a pretty deep question. You know, he, he didn't walk up and be like, uh, how you doing? Uh, you know, he walked right up and said, how do I get eternal life? And uh, he was comfortable. He was commendable. He was courageous. He was eager. He's full of life. I want us to think about our young people today. Our young people, if you're raising some kids, and you look at them, and our kids, let's be just real here, all right? Our kids in this auditorium, I'm looking around us, all right? They're comfortable. And that's not a bad thing. He was not reprimanded for living a comfortable life. That's fine. I'm glad they have good homes to go to. I'm glad our kids, as far as I know, every young person in this room is going to, you know, put their head down in a bed tonight. And they got a pillow and they got a blanket. As far as I know, every kid in this room is able to eat meals every day. We're fed, we're taken care of, got decent clothes. I mean, look around. That's great. Nothing wrong with that. Until, like this man, that's what he lived for. And while he was very comfortable, and while he was very commendable, and while he was very courageous, I wrote down this word, he was condemned. He went away sorrowful. He went away loving himself and his stuff more than the Lord. I am thankful for our, our young people, I'm thankful for the kids, the babies, so many babies, and, and uh, praise the Lord for them. New life is just awesome. Praise the Lord for our elementary kids and our young people that are learning, and they sat in Sunday school this morning, and they, they heard about the Lord, they heard about the stories of Christ and the, and the Word of God. Praise the Lord for that. I, I sat there as the choir began to sing this morning, the opener, and I sat there in the front row, and I saw our seventh graders up here just joined the choir a few months ago. They were smiling and singing out. That's awesome. I'm thankful for all these things. I had a youth activity last, last night. Thankful for our young people to be able to go out. I'm thankful for our school, and I'm thankful for all that, 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 that God has blessed us with from our, our babies uh, all the way up to our young adults and, and that, that are thriving in their youth. Thankful for that. But we better remember that just because they're comfortable they got nice clothes. No one's rich in this room. No one's faring sumptuously every day. We got to be careful because our kids can get very comfortable with everything. I was comfortable as a young person. You just used to go into church and having a good church and people and friends and, and uh, you know, food and, and life is good. But if our young people haven't decided that all of this is fine, but I want to serve the Lord, then they're wasting their life. We can have nice clothes and nice shoes, and, and I, I love getting my kids things when they're growing up. I, 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 I still do, all right? Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm thankful to you know, give them a, a decent life and then provide for them. I want to do that, and, and having things is fine. There's no issue with it until our kids get in love with those things. 
And the thought of surrendering a life to God and serving the Lord, we pray every Sunday night for full-time ministry. And if our kids would say, oh, I'm not getting that crazy. I want to get a job. I want to make a bunch of money. Look, if that's what God wants them to do, I'm behind it 100%. But if a comfortable life is ahead of them serving the Lord, come on. We need to change their heart. Because riches and being comfortable can blind us. You say, these young people. I grew up in a church many times. Young people were blamed for everything when I was growing up, right? There was a scratch on the wall, teenagers. Right? And, uh, and, uh, and generally speaking, it was. Uh, but, right? But that's because there were 70, 80 of us running around, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, but, you know, thank the Lord for you. Thank the Lord for it. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. But boy, we got to be careful living in the United States of America, sitting in our churches today, making a medium income. That our kids don't get blinded by this stuff. And they don't realize, they, they sit in junior church and they want to help out and thankful, great. But parents keep a pulse on that because if they're sitting in junior church because they don't want to sit in here, get them back over here. Amen. Keep a pulse on that. Good Lord. How do I keep a pulse on it? Because I say, how, how, why are you preaching these things? Because I went to junior church when I was a teenager for that purpose. And I'm glad parents like, yeah, get back in church. I was one of like three people that knew how to run the sound system in Marine Heights Baptist Church. And I love sitting in the balcony. Me and Matt would go up there and sit in the balcony at church and eat sweet tarts. My dad started catching on to some things. It's like, let's let someone else run the sound system. I'm thankful for that. Because everything can become about comfort. We've got to be really careful with that, parents. And all of us that will be older tomorrow than we are today, now in our youth, it doesn't change with us too. I, I'm thankful to be comfortable. <laughs> I, I'm thankful, you know, when I, I go home, we have one chair in our living room that reclines. That's dad's. And if I walk in, someone else is in it. They just get up and move, right? Thanks, Hope. You're great, right? You know, that's dad's chair. Nothing wrong, right, with having a comfortable chair. Nothing wrong with having clothes. I'm thankful for a comfortable seat to sit in, right? I'm thankful we have air conditioning and heat, right? I'm thankful we have these things. It's wonderful. It's great until it all becomes about that. What if we had to meet outside today? We ought to be just as faithful. What if we lose our job this week? God's still good. And we really got to watch it with our youth because our youth can become so comfortable that everything becomes about them, what they want. And as this rich young ruler, rich young man, Everything was great. So the Lord said, follow me. I'd have to give up my comfortable life. The main thing we should want our young people to get today at church 
Set them in the car today on your way home. Say, what did God teach you today? But they had a really good Sunday school class to go to, and they have great teachers. They got a really nice building to sit in. They got ministries to serve in, nice pews, and great choir. And but if they're not listening to God, they're here for the wrong reason. I know it's a different message. God really laid on my heart these young people here in this passage. I wrote down one more C word. Comfortable, commendable, courageous, but condemned. But the tragedy, I wrote one more word down. It was so close. He was so close. He literally was speaking to the door to heaven. And he went away sorrowful. The Bible talks about, you say, but these young people, I'm not preaching just the young people. You understand that, right? We are to all flee youthful lust. Right? All of us are to flee youthful lust. What are youthful lust? Comfortable. Sensual. What we want. This young man didn't come to Christ because he loved, he wanted to live his life. He loved his stuff. And he was a lust-centered young person. Now, word lust-centered, I try to teach this in our hope classes when I do that. It doesn't mean lust, we always think perversion. Lust just means my flesh wants it. Which is everything from alcohol to a Twinkie. My flesh wants it. To reclining and sitting back and doing nothing. So we've got to be careful. This first young man, blinded by riches. A second young man, I'll turn over here to Acts chapter number 26. Acts chapter number 26. In Acts 26 and verse number 1, we're told about another young man. Acts chapter 26 and verse number 1 says, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth the hand and answered for himself, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know thee to be expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews, wherefore I beseech thee to hear me patiently. Verse 4, my manner of life from my what? My manner of, my, of, of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, known and known all the Jews, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. Paul here gives us testimony when he was a young man of the most strict sect. And you don't have to turn there, but in Acts 22, we learn a little bit more about Paul. In verse number 3, he said, I am verily a man which am a Jew born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in the city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God as ye are all this day. The first young man that we introduced, this, this rich young man, was blinded because of riches. Paul's given a testimony here that he was a young man, that his life was all about religion. 
all about religion. And it wasn't about the true faith. But it was all about religion. I wrote down these words next to this young man's life. It was strict. He knew the scriptures. He was shameless. He would share what was right. But he was a sinner. He was lost. All the religion in the world won't save you. We can memorize scriptures. Before I was saved, I won a trophy for saying the books of the Bible the fastest. And then I won a second trophy for saying the books of the Bible the fastest backwards. That's pretty impressive. Revelation 3, John's, 2 Peter's, James, Hebrews, Philemon. It's not easy, right? You say, wow, I'm just saying for this reason. I knew. You tell me to turn in, I, will, I would top five sword drills no matter where I was at. I'm not the best, but I knew where to find anything in the Bible. I would, I could, I'd be in contests or memorizing scriptures and will publicly say I lost to Matt Martin in fifth grade, right? Zero. He beat me, right? Uh, but I was right there. I could quote scriptures. I wasn't out as a young person drinking and I was raised as a young person. My parents watched everything, made sure. You know, when I was at home, they were watching everything I was looking at. They were involved in my life. I knew if I ever locked the door on my dad, the door would have been gone in an hour. And that's the truth. You see, he was abusive. He was not abusive. But he was the dad. And I was a child. I was just saying, I was raised and strict, and I knew the scriptures, and I could... Bible trivia, I was pretty good at it. But that did not save me. And we can say, well, our kids are here. They're sitting in a place that's preaching the truth. Praise the Lord. We got standards. Praise the Lord. They're being taught the scriptures. Praise the Lord. They know the stories. Praise the Lord. They go to a Christian school. Praise the Lord. That doesn't mean they have a relationship with God. And parents, that's our job. That's our job. Amen. The Bible says, and it's a frightening verse, that there'll be many who will stand before the Lord one day and say, but Lord, we did this and we did that in your name. And the Lord will say, depart from me. I never knew you. Our kids set up. It's really what all our young people do around here. They do a lot. They set up the school. They tear down the school on Fridays. There'll be people to go over there tonight and help set up, clean up. Most of the time when there's an event during the week here at the church, a funeral or something, uh, there's a man in our church that helps out a lot, but if they can't, the kids are over here cleaning, washing windows, taking out garbage. They clean our buses. They, they'll volunteer. They do a lot of things. 
They're religious. But are they saved? Because there's a difference. They're young people. Sometimes we think, well, they're, they're, look how well I'm taking care of them, and they're so comfortable. And that's good. That's not what life's all about. Look at my young people. They can quote the books of the Bible, and they memorize. They got an A in Bible class. That's good. But if they don't have a relationship with God, there's one more youth in the New Testament. We'll look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, and we'll close. 1 Timothy chapter number 4. First Timothy 4, and in verse number 12. First Timothy 4, and in verse number 12. The rich young man was comfortable, commendable, courageous, but condemned to so close. A young Paul, Saul at the time, was religious. He was strict, knew the scriptures, shameless, but he was a sinner. But in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and verse number 12, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word and conversation and charity and spirit and faith and purity. You have a young man here, Timothy, and he was right. He was right with God. Did you know every great revival that's taken place on this earth started with a young person that got right with God? You read about the great revivals. I'm not saying every revival, but the great revivals they write books about. Every one of them I've read started with some young people getting right with God. Young people can be right with God. You know, I'm going to the other side now. Young people get blamed for a lot of stuff. They're ah, these young people. They're kids. They're everywhere. And yeah, but praise the Lord. But they can be saved. Amen. You know, what do you say? We weren't going to turn here, but in 2 Timothy, Paul said this about Timothy, that from a child thou hast known the scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Children can be saved. There's some people out there that teach children can't be saved. They're liars. They're just deceived. Because Jesus said these words about children, bring them, they which believe in me. I'll take his word over everybody else's. Amen. Children can be saved. But what was special? Why was Timothy right with God as a young man? All right? He was right. Here's the words I wrote down. He, because, number one, he was saved. Secondly, he studied. Study, Timothy, to show thyself proved unto God. I think we'll read it tonight in our text as Paul has instructed Timothy to continue in doctrine and in reading, studying, he was saved, he studied, and I wrote this down, he was sold out. He left his house, his home, as a young man, because he just wanted to serve God. He got made fun of growing up, because he was half Greek, half Jew. All the Jewish kids hated him, and all the Greeks hated him. But he was. He didn't care, he just wanted to serve God. He was a servant. And he stood for what's right. That's the kind of young people we want. Amen? That's the kind of young people we want. 
That's the young people we can have. I'm not at all saying all of our young people are like the rich young man. I'm not at all saying they're all religious but lost. I'm, what I'm saying is this. Those things are possible, and we have to be honest with ourselves as parents and as individuals ourselves. Are we just living because we're comfortable? Are we all religious? Or are we right with God? If we're going to be right with God, you've got to be saved. If you're going to be right with God, you've got to walk in the Word of God. Get in this book. Study it. Be sold out. Serve the Lord. Stand for what's right. It starts just as we'll pray tonight during a prayer time. Lord, here am I. Send me. And may all of us be willing. You say, well, I really want this for my kids. Let me tell you the best thing you can do, parents. Don't live too comfortably and for comfort. Don't, uh, don't be a fake with religion. Set in church, the nice clothes on, but then we go home and watch filth and talk bad. Is your kids, they're going to love what you love. I'm a huge Celtics fan. I've never lived in Boston. I've never... I've been in Massachusetts twice in my life. I like the Celtics for one reason. My dad liked the Celtics. So we watched all their games. I didn't have a choice. That's what we watched. Because dad liked the Celtics. I'm a huge Kentucky fan. I've never lived in Kentucky. I never went to the University of Kentucky. I'll tell you why I'm a Kentucky fan. Because my dad liked Kentucky. And when Kentucky basketball came on, everyone had to sit down and be quiet. My son follows the Celtics. My son likes Kentucky. Because his dad did. And that's just a very carnal illustration. If this isn't real to us, it's not going to be real to them. If this is just about coming to sit in a comfortable seat and put on our Sunday clothes and get through a service and go home, that's what it's going to be to them too. If you don't love the people that are sitting around you, they're not going to love the people sitting around them. If you don't invest, they're not going to invest. If you don't have a personal walk with the Lord and read your Bible, they're probably not going to read the Bible and have a walk with you. If you fly off the handle and get angry at everything, they're going to struggle flying off the handle and getting angry. So our young people need to remember their Creator in the days of their youth. As parents, let's make sure it's not about riches and religion but about being right with God that starts with us but you're more youthful today than you'll ever be in the rest of your life so let's get serious about it